running for the touchdown. Jackpot, baby. Josh Jacobs. Welcome to the JT The Brick Show. Always exciting to play at home. We all want to play at home, and this is an unbelievable venue to play at. It's time for the JT The Brick Show. On a personal level for me, I, I just we, we can't wait to get to the game day, right? We can't wait to get on the grass. JT The Brick. Cars up underneath James. Going to fire quickly. Jackpot, baby. Touchdown, Raiders. On Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your host, JT The Brick. JT with you as we continue breaking news. The Raider game scheduled tomorrow, Saturday, has been moved to Monday, 2 o'clock Pacific, 5 Eastern, as the Raiders will take on the Browns. Paul Gutierrez, breaking news, the ESPN insider, just spoke with Raiders owner Mark Davis on the game being moved back to Monday. Health and safety is number one, but it's a competitive disadvantage to the Raiders. Maybe the Browns should fly to Las Vegas. Paul Gutierrez, ESPN, at P. Gutierrez, ESPN. So that's what he put out here, and there's a statement here. Maybe Cleveland should travel here. That would make it more fair. Mark Davis also mentioned how when the Raiders' entire starting offensive line was on the COVID list last year in a week leading up to the Tampa Bay game, the NFL did not postpone the originally scheduled Sunday night game. The league moved it up to the afternoon. The Raiders have had two players miss a game, each to the COVID list this season. Their long snapper and running back Jalen Richard. Trent Sheegan and Jalen Richard. Gotta like that statement from Mark Davis to Paul Gutierrez. Bobby's raising his hand. You agree. I mean, look, Mark Davis, quote, health and safety is number one, but it's a competitive disadvantage to the Raiders. As I mentioned that in the monologue, but didn't expound on it yet because I don't speak for the owner. I don't. Never had. I work for the owner, friends with the owner for 23 years, but I don't speak for him on the radio unless he speaks. And he says it's a competitive disadvantage, like a lot of Raider fans are saying. Now, we can go with that now, because again, this is the flagship, and when the owner talks, or the president talks, or the head coach talks, they're the priority over the radio host who happen to hold this chair for however long it is. So the owner of the Raiders thinks it's a competitive disadvantage because his team is clean and did everything right, and now... It's affecting his team that did everything right, and it gives an advantage back to Cleveland. How about reacting to that? That's great breaking news by Paul Gutierrez, 702-365-9200. This hour, uh, we'll get to my breakdown of the AFC and all the teams and all the games they need to lose. So there is a miracle plan, as I call it, every year I break out for the Raiders on how they can make the playoffs. Of course, they'd have to win. They're at the Browns. They have to beat the Broncos at home have to beat the Colts, and have to beat the Chargers. They don't have to win all of them. They have to win three out of four to get to nine wins and potentially get in. But you need ten to get in. You should need ten. So the Raiders would have to win four in a row, which is highly unlikely. But obviously we're pulling for that. And I have the schedule in front of me of the Chargers, Colts, the Bills, Denver, the Browns, and the Bengals, and all those teams, and what the disaster scenario needs to play out to give the Raiders at least a chance with a couple of weeks to go. 
the executive director of the Las Vegas Bowl, my good friend John Sassenti, who's done a magnificent job as this game is at Allegiant Stadium. It's got a great date. It's got a great vibe to it. And, John, I know how busy you are. Walk us through your schedule heading into the weekend and next week in the lead-up to the game. Well, it's, it's funny you say that because I'm, I'm trying to get out of my office, and we, we have so many boxes of gifts and swag and goodies in here we had to create a little tunnel a little <laughs> a little six foot high box tunnel to get out of the office and into the into a, an open space but uh yeah it it, it listen it's crazy man it, I, I will tell you it's hard to imagine that you know tomorrow would have been our normal uh bowl game window that first saturday of bowl season and uh i always i always wondered what everybody did with all this extra time playing post christmas and uh, we're, we're in a position where it's, it's so crazy and it's so busy that uh, we're, we're looking for even more time, even though we got more time. It's, it's, it's been nuts, but it's been fun with, you know, ASU coming to town and Wisconsin coming to town. It's, uh, it, it's, been, it's been fun. Well, let's go with each individual team. First off, let's go with ASU and their short travel. And my son's a freshman there. I'm paying the freight, so I'm paying for ASU. So I'll have the gear on. What, what are they like? You've dealt with Herm in the past, obviously, and you know this program really well. And the, the size of this school, when I went on the initial tour with my son and they told me the size of this school, I don't think a lot of people understand the undergrad, the commuters, those who live on campus. This is a monster populated school that could travel well. It is a monster. And listen, it, it's a it's an easy trip too, right? It's yeah. a 55 minute plane ride, it's a four hour car ride. Um, but but uh, but but the other part to it is like you know, we, we want the people traveling in here from Arizona and we want the people coming up here. But we also have a ton of ASU alums that live in this town that we've been uh, we've been seeing buying tickets and 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 we've been targeting. So uh, ASU, ASU obviously has a really strong fan base here in the Southwest, and and I expect them to show up. But you're right, Herm, Herm is an absolute joy to work with. Uh, you you spend five minutes around him, and you, and you feel better about yourself, and you, you kind of want to get out on the football field and run around for him. Um, but but you know what? One of the things that Herm has done, and the last time he was here, listen, we we've had him here to speak at our our luncheon years ago when he was on TV. We had him here as a coach. And, and it's the same Herm, right? He goes up to your key sponsors. He goes up to your key stakeholders. He introduces himself. He asks them questions about themselves. He gets to know them. And, and it ain't fake. And then you turn around two or three days later, and I'll go right up to you and go, hey, JT, how you doing? How's your Wednesday? It was good catching up with you on Monday. He remembers your name. He remembers who you are. He remembers what you do. Uh, he's, he's just a special dude, and, and, and he's hard not to root for. Um, but but make no mistake about it, he's also a great football coach, right? He's going to get those guys going. I think when I called ASU to figure out, you know, it, you know, there were some rumors going around about Herm and if he was going to be there and if they were going to move on. And their AD said right off the bat, he goes, John, he ain't going anywhere. He goes, do you realize, you know, the last time we won back-to-back, uh, you know, had back-to-back eight-win seasons or a nine-win season, it's been forever. And, and it's hard to imagine that, ASU has not had a, a sustained success over the years, but they, they, they haven't. And so Herm's got him dialed in. He's got another good recruiting class. The quarterback stay in there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, you know, the AD is going to be patient and give him some time to get this thing going. John Sassenti's our guest. Now we get to Wisconsin. On Wisconsin, they traveled this year to Chicago, and they took over the city of Chicago. They have unbelievable experiences at Camp Randall and a massive West Coast presence. I mean, from the Rose Bowl in the past to any event that they can get to and the size of their group that can travel. 
Yeah, and, and listen, the, we we've seen it firsthand in our city, right? Yeah. We've, we, we've seen what they've done for, for, for those UNLV games that they came out here. Uh, it's, been a, it's been a number of years, but, uh, but, but I, I used to laugh that the, that, that the last time they were out here, they took over Las Vegas and they took over Sam Boyd Stadium, and the entire stadium was in red. They were in Wisconsin red, but when the helicopter that was flying above Sam Boyd Stadium took a couple pictures and a couple shots, you couldn't tell the difference between a UNLV fan and a Wisconsin fan. So for years, UNLV used that as their, their, uh, their stadium shot because it was all red and it was full. Um, but, but listen, they're, they're as passionate as they get. They're as, they're as fired up as it gets. They, they, they also have a huge uh, alumni base in Southern California. They have big ones in, in the state of Arizona. But uh, we've, we've been sending out uh, weather forecasts to the state of Wisconsin, letting them know that, it's, uh, it's still 60 degrees here and sunny, and it's, uh, Vegas isn't a bad place to come in December. It's the SRS Distribution, Las Vegas. Paul John Sassenti, the executive director. John, tell us about the host property, the hotels, and obviously how the community's coming together. I know you have a charity cause. Just so many people on the ground and so many people helping you along with your staff to take this bowl game to the highest level. Yeah, it, it is coming along. We've got two great hotel properties. We've got, you know, Mandalay Bay and Delano. Um, you know, we also have our, our good friend Boz at, at Virgin that does a tremendous job hosting the teams. They, they really do a good job taking care of the teams there, and, the, and that property is coming along really nicely. Um, and we also have a couple other hotel partners that have been great for us. We, what we try to do is we try to spread the wealth around the city and incorporate all the aspects of the community. So we've got the South Point on, bar, on board as the official host hotel to take care of some folks. And then we have a downtown property. Our official downtown property is Circa. And, you know, we all know Derek loves his sports, and he especially loves the Big Ten sports. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's been, a, he's been a great partner for the game as well. But, you know, Bowl Week's coming along. We do have our charitable events. We, we, our goal and our job is to showcase Las Vegas to the best of our ability and make sure when these student-athletes come here and these coaches come here that, that we're showcasing Las Vegas in the proper way. And that, that, that's part of it, right? It's all about them. We want them to have a good time. We want them to have a good experience. We want them going back saying, look, Vegas was awesome. Vegas did it better than anybody. And, and ultimately, now these, are, now these are future customers for our destination. We want them coming back to Las Vegas another time for a vacation or a little getaway. And so it's, it's our responsibility. It's our job to showcase Las Vegas to the best of our ability. And, and that's what we're going to do. But you're right. We don't do it alone. We have a great staff. We have a, an unbelievable crew that's been around for a while. We've got some new faces with the game that are, that are working hard. But we also, we also are really fortunate to have two, uh, two committees that, that help us. There's, there's not a single thing we can't get done in this city without the help of these two groups. And that's our Las Vegas Bowl Committee, which is made up of 55 local business leaders, mm-hmm. uh, leaders in, in, their, in their particular industries. Uh, that are really committed and passionate. And then our Las Vegas Bowl Huddle Group, which is made up of 33 really, really passionate football fan women that help us with our community outreach and our VIP hospitality. So we've got a a hundred local community leaders that that go strong to help us pull this thing off year in and year out. And we couldn't do it without them. John Sassenti, it's incredible what you do in this town and your staff is second to none. Finally, just tell me what you thought about Dion getting the best high school football player to come with the help of Barstool. And when I look at name, image, and likeness, I'm sitting here, and this is the wild, wild west. So I can envision five years from now that some kid's about to sign with USC, and then the next thing you know, he signs on the other side of the country because some casino or gaming company is able not to give him a million dollars, but two and a half million in name, image, and likeness. Now, you're pro-college football, and I know 
especially with your big bowl game, you can only say so much. But should fans worry about this? Is this the haves and have-nots? Or do now the have-nots have an actual opportunity if they could partner with a gaming company or another big company to get that money in for name, image, and likeness? How do you see it? Yeah, listen, I, I, I was never a big fan of it, to, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. But, but listen, it's a, it's a new day. It's a new era. You know, you, you, these kids have an opportunity to make a little bit of extra money to get through college. Um, you know, it, it, as long as we're doing it with some, some ground rules and some guidelines and it doesn't become the Wild West, then I've, I've learned to embrace it and be okay with it. Um, but, but you're right. It, there, there's there's got to be some, some rules in place. There's got to be some, some procedure and, and process in place to keep it from becoming the Wild Wild West. I, w- I was talking to some folks at, at, at Oregon recently, and they were joking around that, you know, the highest paid player in the football bill, I'm sorry, the highest paid person in the football building was the head coach, Mario Cristobal. The second highest play, paid person in the football building was their defensive lineman, Kayvon Thibodeau. Like, that's crazy to me that this guy's making, you know, over a million dollars a year uh, on his name, image, and likeness. And, uh, and, and you're, you're seeing the money continue to, to, to grow and be thrown out of it. And listen, I, I don't want to speak for, for Coach Arroyo here at UNLV, but I, I've heard him speak enough times, and, and he's pretty confident that with, with the resources that we have in the city and, and, and with us being the sports and entertainment capital of the world, he loves being in Las Vegas and having the opportunity to attract some kids here. So I, I do think it helps the quote-unquote have-nots a little bit. Um, I just hope it doesn't become you know the wild, wild west and, and get crazy. Um, you know, I, I'll say this too, this is all new for me. Our bowl did not opt in and did not participate in this, mm-hmm. but there are seven bowl games across the country, uh, bowl games that struck NIL deals with players that were playing in their game. And, wow. and the deal was, was strictly, it was social media based. It was, it was web-based and it was encouraging the fans to travel to the game and to buy tickets to the game and come to the game. So we, we did not we did not opt in for that this year. We're going to kind of see how it goes. I'm going to – a couple of those bulls that did it, they're good friends of mine. I want to see how it goes. I want to see some, some, some data after the fact. Uh, but it's crazy to think that a bowl game is paying a player to talk about going to the bowl wow. and encouraging fans to buy tickets. Like, <laughs> we, we've gotten that game too. It's amazing what you just told us there. Finally, where can we get tickets? We know we have some people uh, late notice that want to jump in. How do we do it? LVBowl.com, man. Just to just just head to our website. That's the best place to get them. There's still some good seats available. We just put uh we just put a few more back on the system that we had um, that were part of uh, held for some sponsorship deals that 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 didn't take the full allotment. Um, but but we we we've got some good tickets. Just go to LVBowl.com. It's going to be a good matchup. Two eight and four teams. Both teams were ranked in the top fifteen at one point this season. A uh, couple couple tough losses late, but both of them could have easily been ten win teams this year. It's going to be a good one. Get out there. JT, you know you have an open invite to yep. any and all Las Vegas Bowl events, and I better see you at our one Vegas event, buddy. Okay. Um, but but for all the other people, get out and see some good college football at Allegiant Stadium. Let's fill it. You got it, buddy. We'll be there. Take care. Thank you for doing this. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. John Sassanti. What a job he does in town. Everybody knows John Sassanti. And if you don't, I said everybody knows him, you got to get in that crew of everybody. John Sassanti, longtime friend of mine. We started together with the Las Vegas Thunder Hockey. Me and him on the ice entertainment. And John's gone on to be the executive director of a major bowl game and one of the most influential people in town. 
Everybody uh, loves to do business with him. He's a good man. That was scheduled for him to join us throughout bowl season there. So buy tickets and go out there. Arizona State. So now I got a kid at Oklahoma, a kid at Arizona State. So now I root for those teams because I write checks to those schools that are much bigger than I ever imagined because they're out of state. But that's the deal. That's okay. I'm all right with that. My wife walks me off the ledge. I don't have to see those checks. She writes the checks. Like the check today that we have to have for the blown up water heater that happened today. Wife's texting me throughout the show. Where's the warranty? I don't know where the warranty is. I don't remember. I don't have a file. I don't know. So we'll have to figure that out. What a day today. Raiders game moved to Monday. Monday. What does that mean to the Raider Nation? Uh, Coming up, I have the list of the disaster scenario coming up next. I worked on this. I'm going to go game by game on what the Raiders need to do to make the playoffs. Game by game. Raider Nation, get your pen out or press record. I did the work for you. And for those who say, oh, you're, you, uh, relax. I'm, I'm positive when it comes to the Raiders. It's a lot of time to do radio from January to August if there's no Raiders in the playoffs. So I got the plan on how to get them in. And that's coming up next. Brought to you by Remy Martin, Team Up for Excellence. It doesn't matter if we win by a whole bunch of points or we lose by a whole bunch of points. You always move on to the next game for us to know that we're still right there and we have four AFC teams, you know, uh, that we play. It's not going to be easy, but you're telling me that we have a chance. Yeah, that's Derek Carr who said, quote, you're telling me we have a chance, and that's what I'm about to do. I'm about to tell Raider Nation how they have a chance to make to the playoffs. All right, so Raider fans, ready for this? This is my research and what I did. The first part is very important. Very important part of this. You must root for Kansas City to win out, New England to win out, and the Titans to win out. Okay, so we all have that. So don't tell me you don't get that. That's really important. Kansas City has now left the station. They're done. You're not catching them. They destroyed the Raiders twice this year. So everyone Kansas City plays for, you pretty much have to root for Kansas City. Same for New England, which I can't believe is 9-4, and four, not on the Raiders' schedule. You have to root for them. They have the tiebreaker over Tennessee. They're the two seed. Tennessee is the three seed. Okay? Now, let's start at the four seed, Baltimore. Baltimore is the four seed, and they got a quarterback who's hurt. The Raiders beat them, and they're 8-5 and five there. So someone's going to win that division. I think it's going to be Baltimore. So I think if Baltimore, if you root for Baltimore to win out, which is tough to do, Baltimore is the team that we would hope would win the division because then Cincinnati would not or the Browns. So you all, you all have that. The five seed is the Chargers, and then the six seed is Indy. The Raiders play Indy and the Chargers. That's why the Raiders have a chance is because they play two of the teams. One is only one game ahead of them, Indy. And the Chargers are now two games. So none of this works if the Chargers win last night. Chargers lose that last night, so it brings hope to the Raiders. So the Raiders are at the Browns, must win. At the Broncos, must win. At the Colts, must win. Chargers, must win. Raiders got to win four in a row. Now, if the Raiders were playing well, I could have this dream. 
They're not playing well. So I'm just focused on the Browns. If they beat the Browns on Monday, then Tuesday I'll go back to these notes. But the Raiders have to win. For any of what I'm about to say to work going forward, they have to win. So let's assume for this show on a Friday, with a bucket of Modelo's waiting in about a half hour, that the Raiders beat the Browns. That would get the Browns, the Raiders to 7-7, seven and seven, and the Browns would be 7-7, seven and seven, and the Raiders would have the tiebreaker. So the Raiders would move up on the Browns. The Bills are 7-6. and six. There's no way to catch the Bills. They pay the Panthers, the Falcons, and the Jets. That gets them to 10 wins, and they play at the Patriots. So I have the Bills going 10-7 and seven and making the playoffs. Now let's go to the Colts. This is where it gets realistic. The Colts play the Patriots coming up at home. You have to root for the Patriots. Patriots have to win. That would drop the Colts to 7-7. Seven and seven. The Colts then play at the Cardinals, who are 10-3. and three. They lose that. They drop to 7-8. and eight. They play the Raiders next. They lose to the Raiders, which a lot of people don't think out there, but follow me here. They lose to the Raiders. They go 7-9. and nine, They're eliminated. And then they play the Jaguars at the end. I have them at 8-9. and nine. So I need the Colts to lose three out of four, and that would be to the Patriots at the Cardinals and the Raiders. Those would be their three losses. Now the Browns, I mentioned they lose to the Raiders. They go to 7-7. Seven and seven. They play at the Packers. They go to 7-8. and eight. They play at the, at the Steelers. They go to 7-9. and nine. They're eliminated. They're done. I got rid of the Browns. I just got rid of the Browns, but the Raiders got to beat them. If the Raiders don't beat them, it doesn't matter. All right, who do I got next? The Bengals. This is tough. Matter of fact, I'm going to save the Bengals because this is the screw job that could be happening to us on the back end. Okay, now let's go to the Chargers. Chargers lost last night to drop to 8-6. and six. Critical. If they had nine wins, I'd have them in. They play the Texans next at the Texans. They're going to win that game to go to 9-6. and six. They play the Broncos at home after that. I mean, it's tough because my scenario has three teams coming in the AFC West. Let's say they beat the Broncos. They go to 10-6, and six, and then they end up at the Raiders. They lose that game, last game of the year. Chargers end the season 10-7. and seven. Okay, so that's the Chargers beating the Texans, beating the Broncos. Denver. Now, this is why I saved the last two teams, Denver and the Bengals. Both ahead of the Raiders, but the Raiders have the tiebreaker on Denver. They beat Denver. So Denver plays Cincinnati coming up. I need them to beat Cincinnati. Okay, I'm not sh- I need them to beat Cincinnati by doing that. If they're able to do that, then they're at the Raiders, they lose that game. Then they're at the Chiefs, they lose that game and that and then at the Chargers. So I got Denver needs to lose. They need to beat Cincinnati. Follow me here and then lose to the Raiders, the Chargers and the Chiefs. All realistic. Remember, we're predicting the Raiders to win games, not lose games. So with that scenario, Denver would be eliminated, but they beat Cincinnati. And then finally, Cincinnati. They win at Denver to go to 8-6. and six. They lose to the Ravens to go 8-7. and seven. They lose to the Chiefs to go 8-8. Eight and eight. 
And then that last game at the Browns doesn't matter if the Raiders take care of business. So I just gave you the once a year JT the Brick disaster scenario. Every game of the teams in front of the Raiders and what we need. That's it right there. So let me know if you like that and if you believe in the miracle. That would mean the Raiders would have to win out. But I don't want to talk about winning out. I just want to talk about the Browns. If the Raiders get to 7-7, and I have the Bills and the Raiders, if they run the table, as the 7 seed. Highly unlikely, but a scenario plan. So the big takeaway from all of this is that the Raiders got to beat the Chargers the last game to have that conference edge. We need the Colts to hit a wall. The Colts could lose. Patriots at Cardinals, Raiders. If they lose those games, they're out. The Buffalo Bills I have in, and I have the Bengals and the Browns eliminated with the scenarios and the losses I have. So I pointed to every single game that needs to be a win or a loss. And the tough thing for me is I did the math with my son today. We were all over one game, Denver-Cincinnati. I said to my son, who do we need to win this game? And he went through, strength of schedule. He said, Dad, we need the Bengals. We need, we need Denver to beat the Bengals, and then we need the Bengals to start losing and Denver to start losing. Because the Bengals, remember, have the Raiders in the tiebreaker because they won here. They won in Vegas in a game they shouldn't have won. Come on. How'd they lose that game? So that's, that, that's what that bothers me a bit here. So Raider Nation, take it one game at a time, and we'll go from there. No one else has done that homework like I did. I tried to give you a little optimism as you have your three-day Raider weekend. You have your three-day Raider weekend lined up here so you could have the Raiders on Monday night, and we'll be at M Resort Spawn Casino on Monday, which is pretty cool. Had to call my boss on Sirius XM and take that night off. And we took that night off on Monday night so we could have the long extended weekend and have that great game on Monday there. And hopefully a lot of Raider fans show up. Uh, John Katzalamidis joins us. Johnny Katz from the Las Vegas Review-Journal who knows everything that's going on this weekend. So, Johnny Katz, is this a myth? Does it slow down a little bit here? But Or no, with Bruno Mars in town and concerts, the rodeo just left. So do we got a little breather here in Vegas for a couple of days? Well, uh, it's good to be with you again, JT. It's a uh, right now. We're uh, I'm just saying it's not going to slow down until uh, you know until further notice in Las Vegas. It's been uh, every weekend seems to be you know busier than the one before. You ride the rodeo usually when the rodeo rolls out, where you have a little bit of a breather. But there's a lot uh, a lot of a lot going on still. There's a lot of holiday attractions out there. You know, a lot of uh, Christmas stuff that we haven't had before. You know, it's just out of Enchant at the Las Vegas Ballpark. That's mm-hmm. incredible. There's a, a couple of really three or four good Christmas productions going on. This is Christmas at the at uh, the Palazzo Theater. We've got Human Nature, the three of them now. Oh, uh, good. South Point. They've sold out four shows. That's a thing. Terry Fader's doing his holiday show now at the Liberty Loft, the new venue for him at New York, New York. And on and on and on. So uh, yeah, I, it's hard to say, it's hard to say that uh, we've really slowed down. There's a new holiday show out at South at uh, Suncoast that's going on that is a, a, a family a holiday performance mm-hmm. out there this weekend um, through Sunday. So um, yeah, we've got a lot going on. We've got quite a bit of holiday stuff. Yeah, it does. And and what's going on at the ballpark is amazing. Johnny Katz joins us. So I want to go back to the rodeo for a second for our listeners who are from out of town and streaming us. I was blown away. I was at Resorts World, saw Scott Sabella, and the way that they transformed that new property 
into the rodeo, Carrie Underwood, my wife and I saw Carrie Underwood breathtaking, Mm -hmm. breathtaking Uh, to get into that theater and see that waterfall scene at the end that she did. I've never seen anything like it. So I just want to talk about how important the rodeo is in this town and how successful it was on this run. Well, yeah, you know, and, you, and you, this goes to this hits to Scott Sabella, the the uh, who runs uh, Resorts World, the, the president and CEO. He's found uh, literally this was not his first rodeo. You sure. know, he's had a deep history in this city to the you know, dating to the back to the days of the MGM Mirage, New York, New York, and Luxor, and those those periods. So he knew instinctively and intuitively that they were going to have to come up and and match the rodeos, um, the demand for rodeo and country themed attractions and, mm. and entertainment throughout that property and that that went for you know uh, the the prop the performances that they had around the property but i, I agree with you on carrie underwood um that was uh, jaw-dropping that scene uh at the, the end of the show and her whole performance was stellar but uh yeah talk about i've seen a lot of water effects in las vegas but i haven't actually seen the superstar headliner get drenched at the end uh on purpose I, I couldn't and, uh, believe it, by the way. My wife and I, we had some good <laughs> seats. And so Carrie Underwood, I'm, I don't, I'm not going to ruin it for everybody, but her last song, she's in the middle of a waterfall, and she's getting soaked, and she's singing with a microphone. How she does that, I don't know. And there, there was so much cirque in that show that got me yeah. going, everybody up in the air and doing that. And I turned around, and I looked at the rest of the theater and just what a gorgeous theater with the sphere coming on from MSG. We know what happens at T-Mobile and Allegiant Stadium. I was just a journey, as you know, and I know you mm-hmm. were there, too, with mm-hmm. Boz over mm-hmm. at a Virgin. So to see these theaters try to one-up each other, that's a big storyline here in Vegas now. Yeah, the, the, the theater resorts world will remind people of the Coliseum. You know, there's a lot of that vibe in there when the Coliseum first opened. It, it feels like that just it's a little bit... Uh, bigger capacity and it has a little bit uh, an advanced sound system especially in that room uh you talk about journey going back into the coliseum uh this weekend on saturday night doing an orchestral show a one-off journey so that's something you know that, that drops into this time horizon but we do have uh, very much a, an active um competition between our venues uh about who can bring and deliver what you know you mentioned bruno mars is closing the the um run uh, this year at Dolby Live, which used to be Park MGM and Lady Gaga's home court, and uh, we're going to expect to see more headliners coming into there. Garth Brooks is going to do a couple of shows uh, in uh, the Dolby Live next year, so they're going to be busy. You know, um, it, it's it's uh, it's staggering. I did a list of the headliners that are uh, mm. currently or have a, a recent history or are coming in to Las Vegas for this around the Super Bowl. You know, I was pegging it to the Super Bowl and what, what kind of talent we have available to us. And it seems endless. It's, it is an all-star team of top uh, performers now. And uh, we have Adele, who's the brass ring of all of them, mm-hmm. coming into the Coliseum next year for her weekend series. And that's going to uh, generate a lot of interest. So with the Super Bowl announcement, with the, the stuff they've got going at Allegiant Stadium, Metallica, Billy Joel next year, uh, Adele, it, there's no question in my mind, in the mind of my colleagues, that right now that uh, Las Vegas is at the is the at the head of the field for sports and entertainment uh, worldwide. No, no doubt, doubt about it. it. Johnny Katz no joins us. Yesterday, I emceed with several dignitaries the Las Vegas party, the kickoff for New Year's with eight properties now, with the addition of Resorts World and the fireworks show. 
You've been covering mm-hmm. this and been a part of it for a while. I couldn't believe it because we didn't have it last year. I was talking to Pat Christensen about it and the mayor, how excited they were to be at this press conference because it's so important that the rest of the world see Vegas on New Year's Eve for that eight-minute show by Grucci, which is back again. So I think it's going to be more spectacular than ever. Yeah, that's right. It's a big message, uh, you know, for for us specifically to to return those that fireworks. So the fireworks show and the and the strip and downtown celebrations have become on a par with the Times Square in terms of what the, they mean on New Year's Eve and what the scale is. If if you start that uh, the rolling celebration in New York, you end it in in Las Vegas uh, on our midnight celebration. And I'll be down. Uh, I'll be in the middle of the strip. I plan to be on the middle of the strip this year. Uh, for for New Year's Eve, I'll be at the Cosmopolitan uh, for Maroon Five, and I'll be going over to Bruno Mars and seeing Brian Newman at Nomad Library, probably to count in the New Year. And then uh, we have Katy Perry on the 29th, opening at Resorts World, leading into that. So you have Katy yeah. Perry, Bruno Mars, oh. Maroon Five, all in a row, knocking down the dominoes. It is so, incredible. Yeah. Right. Uh, I've been known to name drop. Why not? Life's short, right? We like to name drop. Mm-hmm. We had yeah. Mark. We had Mark Chinook on. For Monday's dark and the anniversary, and I saw the pictures of Shania Twain and all the celebrities there. That looked like it went off big. How about this Monday's dark thing? You know, I always tell the story that I was I met Mark when um, Rock of Ages had its soft opening in November of 2012, and after that show, he played Lonnie in the show in Rock of Ages, the the, the club uh, um, manager, and I I introduced myself to him afterwards. We sat in that bar that was just outside um, outside the theater outside the, the, what is now Opaline Theater over there at the Venetian. And we talked about Las Vegas, Mark and I. And Rachel Smith was with me that night. She's a, a reporter who's with Fox 5 and done, doing her own thing now. We were there together, and we talked to Mark and Justin Mortaletti, another actor in that show for a long time, a couple of hours about Las Vegas. And he had this idea for Monday's Dark then. He had a seed of an idea, and I told him, I said, Mark, if you stay with this, you're going to find you're going to have more need than you can handle in Las Vegas for these charities. And I said, the only question is if you can continue to, to keep up the energy to, to match it, because it's going to be a, it's going to be a thing. And, and it happened that night is when it was born and Monday's dark and the space have become, uh, you know, uh, really, really important to our philanthropic, um, efforts here in Las Vegas, our charity of, uh, efforts, and also to the entertainment community because they have right. a place to go to, to perform every week uh, for each other. So it's like a giant parlor show. And Mark gets to perform, which he is. He's yeah. a born performer anyway. So he's the MC. He's the ringleader of the whole thing. So, yeah, it was amazing. We got Shania Twain saying <laughs> from this moment on uh, to, to shut down that show. And, uh, wow, you know, center of the, center of the universe stuff. And I, I congratulate Mark entirely for, for pulling it off. Hey, finally, yeah. I'm going to Piero's to dinner tonight to name drop again. Okay. And mm-hmm. the casino, <laughs> the casino scenes that were filmed there or anything else you can get my eyes on at veal parm or chicken parm. Everyone said the veal. I haven't been there in a while, but just leave me on a note here. What should I look for at Piero's tonight? What should I look for in the corner or see from a movie or just to get that vibe on tonight? You might have a okay. You might have a Davis in there. You might have a Goodman in there. Um, you might have Freddie Glassman. He might be in there tonight. Yona, I do a Freddie Glassman impression. Um, he's all about. They're also Buco is uh, their signature dish. They're very proud of that. That's amazing. And uh, I, the, the it's old Vegas without having to try to be old Vegas. That's you know what I mean. Got. Yeah, yeah, it's it's legit. <laughs> Text me around town, my friend. I'll be out there. Thanks for what you do for our show. Happy New Year, happy holidays, and we really appreciate your entertainment hits on this show all year. 
I'll always, JT. It's a pleasure to be with you, uh, regardless of where we are. You got it. There time. he is. You got it. Johnny Katz. Johnny Katz. All right. So we have some Raider news. Some Raiders are getting to Twitter. KJ Wright, uh, look at this from <laughs> there's some good tweets here. Just saw this from Will Compton. Adam Schefter said the Raiders are supposed to board buses to go to the airport at 11.15 Pacific, 2.15 Eastern. And some players have said that they are being told at this time to stand down. And then Will Compton tweeted, on behalf of the boys in Vegas, we are ready to play. I also don't speak for everyone, so let's just say on behalf of myself. And K.J. Wright, we agreed that there wouldn't be any postponed game season this season, right? Ooh, K.J. Wright, legendary linebacker from Seattle, now Raider linebacker. We agreed that there wouldn't be any postponed game this season, right? You had Baker Mayfield going off the other day, which helped lead to the postponement. Now you're getting Raider player reaction on Twitter. I follow a lot of the Raiders on Twitter, so we'll take a look at this, but... As Paul Gutierrez said and Dan Graziano just picked up, that was Mark Davis's comments, and Mark Davis is now on the record uh, with Paul Gutierrez. Paul Gutierrez just spoke with Mark Davis on game being moved back to Monday. Health and safety is number one, but it's a competitive disadvantage to the Raiders. Maybe the Browns should fly to Las Vegas, and that is getting picked up right now on SportsCenter. So I think it's fair, and I'm sure Q is going to do a great show. Vinny is going to do an unbelievable show. And the, the issue now becomes, do Raider fans think they're getting screwed? Because the Raiders did the right thing in protocol and are available to play with their team, even though they have a lot of injuries. And the game is being postponed to give Cleveland back an advantage when they failed in the COVID protocol. That's the debate topic. For me... I agree with what Mark Davis had to say about this because he's the owner of the Raiders. But on the other side of this, too, I know the league is trying to be safe, but they're changing the protocol. They're changing the protocol days before a Saturday game against the Browns. So they sped up that protocol, which has the Raiders and their fans looking going, whoa, whoa, whoa. There was a protocol at the beginning of the year. And Goodell is now standing behind the fact that this Omicron variant, along with the Delta, has changed their protocol and what they're doing next. Can't make this up, huh? The good news is the Chargers lost last night, and boy, Blunder, their coach, who likes to take veiled shots at the Raiders, lost because he thinks you go for it on every fourth down. So that's what happened to the Chargers last night, and that loss could could potentially Keep the Chargers out of the playoffs. You know, I felt really comfortable with all of those decisions. And, uh, you know, the first one, it's a you know, perfect pass. And, and, you know, just you have this, this really, you know, tragic thing happen, you know, on the way down. And, uh, you know, the one at the end of the half, I, I, I love that. And, and then you just, you know, we just missed Jared on the stick, you know. And um, that's the way we're going to play around here. That's the way we're going to play. And, um, you know, when we have a quarterback like ours and we have an offense like ours, that's the way we're going to play because that's how you need to play against Kansas City for sure. Um, and that's how uh, we're going to become the team that we're ultimately capable of being is, is by playing that way. And, um, you know, uh, I'm really proud of our guys.
I thought like we competed like champions today, um, and they made a couple more plays in the fourth quarter and in overtime than we did. But I felt like our guys laid it on the line tonight, and I'm very, very proud of them for that. Kansas City won the game. The Chargers coach lost the game. He should have kicked a field goal at the end of the first half with no time left. They would have won the game, I think. I watched every play of that game. I thought the Chargers were the better team for most of the game, and the coach put them in a really tough spot. So that's where we stand today. We'll wrap it up here on the other side, tell you about what's happening heading into the weekend, some of the changes. And Raider fans, I don't sense that a lot of Raider fans are angry. I just think most Raider fans are in shock that the game was moved to Saturday to Monday and the Raiders didn't do anything wrong. Wow. Shocking, huh? Knights have the puck in their own zone. Blackwood is in his crease. we got a scrap behind the play. There he goes. And Petrangelo and Geertsen coming together. And look out. Oh, a huge swing by a stick from Michael McLeod. All ten skaters have paired off. We haven't seen this in a long time for the Golden Knights. Everybody has paired off one-on-one. And there are multiple tie-ups. Oh, look out. Leonard just punched one of the Devils. Look out, and then McNabb rushes in. He's going after Kevin Ball. Look out. Robin Leonard's helmet is off. The referee is protecting him. There's a big pileup. Robin Leonard punched Kevin Ball. Devils control the puck after the draw. They're going to bring it back to their own zone. Ty Smith just going to wisely let the clock run out. Crowd doesn't like it. but The horn sounds at Prudential Center in Newark, and the Knights walk out victors. 5-3 Vegas. Wow, I love that. Robin Leonard throwing punches. The goalie, biggest guy on the ice. Yeah, biggest guy on the ice as Vegas in the Pacific is tied with Calgary with all their COVID issues. Calgary's lost four in a row. Their problems. Golden Knights have won three in a row. Anaheim, Anaheim still on top with 39 points there. And Vegas, the Golden Knights have the Rangers tonight at 4 o'clock, right, Bobby? 4 o'clock, and then Sunday, I believe, they play the Islanders. So that will be cool. So they have that East Coast swing. When hockey players, I grew up in New York, when hockey players come into New York, they have the opportunity to play all three teams. They play the Devils, the Islanders, the Rangers. And back in the day, they'd all stay in Manhattan and just party like rock stars. Every restaurant, every steakhouse, every bar. Now there's COVID concerns. They can't do it with COVID. But you plant yourself in New York and play those three teams over five or six days, those hockey players know how to get after it, and they have a pretty good time. Vegas, I think, is right where they need to be. You know, a little inconsistent early in the season, but now we're really seeing this team come together as we wait for Jack Eichel and what's going to happen in the postseason. And if he comes back and he's ready to go, I want to see more video of him and what he looks like as he's getting some rehab in. And we'll see. So this is Gerard Gallant. And, Bobby, you made a pretty good point. Ryan Reeves, former tough guy, good guy, has been on the show multiple times. I wonder if he's willing to fight one of his former Vegas Golden Knight teammates tonight. He was brought in to fight 
to play for the Rangers, not to be a not to be a goal scorer. Do you think there could be the gloves dropping tonight? You know, he he put out a comment earlier today talking about how he's playing his former team, oh. and I think something along the lines of we might have to go after a couple people was brought up. Ooh. So there Ooh. could be some uh, there could be some peccadillos tonight. That's a good happy hour today. Anybody looking to go to PTs and to see our friends here? That is a good happy hour tonight. They're an official partner of the Vegas Golden Knights, and that should be pretty cool. Want to thank Five Iron Golf. I will be there now on Saturday because there's no game. I go Saturday to Five Iron Golf and hit golf balls there. They got food, drinks. Their simulators are fantastic. If you need tires, go to anytiresplus.com right on North Boulder Highway. Go see Frank, drop my name, and get a deal. They have deals that you need. Also, billshappen.com. If you need some holiday cash for presents, they're available. Doghouse Saloon is where we are on Monday Night Football. Grimaldi's Pizza, the best pizza that I've ever had. Modelo. Yes, Bobby, I'll slow down. Modelo, the fighting spirit of Modelo. I will have a bucket of Modelo's in about 15 minutes. And thanks to Charles Woodson, who built his legend on the gridiron. Now he's taken the same dedication to his new craft, Woodson Bourbon Whiskey. I recommend everybody buy a bottle or two for the holidays and gift them to their friends. Remy Martin. I'll be uh, there with Remy Martin at the Remy Martin Bar on Monday as we get you ready. For what will be the pregame show. I think the pregame show is noon. As we are there on Monday. As the Raiders play Monday Night Football. And it doesn't seem like a lot of people are happy. As we found that out. As this was a fluid show today. Mark Davis's comments to Paul Gutierrez. And I will talk to the owner after the show. And we'll see what happens on Monday. As the Raiders have to win. Have to win on Monday. I gave you the scenario. The dream scenario of what needs to happen. So a big game. Come on out and see us Monday if you can. Because I knew we had a lot of people confirmed for Saturday at M. Keep going to the M and have fun. But come on out Monday and see us for the pre and post game show. I am done. I got to replace a water heater in the garage. Head out to dinner with some clients tonight and friends. And then have nothing to do on Saturday. But my sons are home. And we'll do something. Thanks for listening all week, everybody. We really appreciate it. SamAndAshInjuryLaw.com Because you deserve what's right. Have a great weekend. We'll see you Monday at M at noon. Thank you.